The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. As Jesus passed, two blind men followed him, crying aloud, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he entered the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith be it done to you. And their eyes were opened. And Jesus sternly charged them, See that no one knows it. But they went away and spread his fame through all that district. The Gospel of the Lord. So we're in chapter 9 of Matthew's Gospel, some very beautiful and profound miracles that have happened uh, in this chapter. And you can see that after the Lord has uh, raised the daughter of Jairus from the dead, that this miracle obviously would have been proclaimed throughout that region. And so you can imagine the people speaking about this, uh, the wonder of Jesus Christ uh, from Nazareth who is performing all of these very beautiful and mighty works and that these blind men would have heard of what the Lord had done. And they suspect in him, they know in him, uh, that he is more than simply Jesus of Nazareth. They act in faith. They walk and they believe, if you, in a very real sense, they walk and they have to, in their blindness, they become an image of what it is for us to live by faith, right? When we live by faith, we believe in things unseen. We walk in darkness in a very real sense. And so these two that are walking in the darkness of their blindness, coming to Christ, are a wonderful image of our journey in searching out Christ or in tr more truly being found by him. And as he is passing by, as Jesus is passing by, meaning they take the opportunity, they respond to the prompting of the Lord. When the Lord passes by, they respond. So also that is a lesson for us as well, is that when the Lord operates or when he moves in a particular grace in our life or in a particular way, it is for us to respond to that grace, to respond to the movements of Christ in our life, that as he moves, so also do we, and that we let nothing restrict us from following him. They do not allow their blindness to become an obstacle in following Christ. They persevere despite the difficulties. They persevere despite the fact that they cannot see. And so as they stumble along that road, stepping over stones, tripping up, they persevere in this effort to search out Christ and to enter into the house where he is, where he is dwelling. That's also a beautiful image of what the Lord is doing here by his miracles of physical healing. Everything that he does is also for further instruction. Even the fact that he tells them, see that you tell no one else about this. That's deeply mysterious. Why does the Lord not want them to speak about this miracle, or at least not at that time? And one of the interpretations, one of the ways in which the church fathers and other uh, commentators see it, and I, I think it's a right interpretation, 
which is that the Lord's primary mission is the salvation of souls and deliverance from sin, and not that he comes simply as a physical healer. And so the gospel message is not that the Lord delivers us from all physical suffering. That's not the gospel message. The gospel message is take up your cross and follow me. Sometimes the taking up of our cross is physical suffering. And so the main and principal message of the gospel is that he has delivered us from sin, that he has saved us. The proclamation of the gospel and that good news is that we have life for eternity with God, not that we are delivered from temporary human ailments, even though he does deliver and heal from these things in his mercy. And so what the Lord is doing here is he is showing by physical acts of healing what he desires to do interiorly in the soul. He wants to cure our blindness. What does it mean to be blind? It means that the light can actually not enter in through the organ of our eye. So also, when we are blind in our soul, it means that sin has cut us off from God and from Christ, who is the light. And so we need to be rectified. We need to be healed in our interior so that the light can enter in, so that in our soul, when we are delivered from sin, the light of Christ can dwell within us by his grace, by his life, and by his love. And so as they come into this house representing the interior work that the Lord wants to do within us, he questions them as to their knowledge of him or to their, as to their belief in him. Because as we've said before, the Lord is pleased by faith in the heart and by a faith that works in love. Do you believe that I am able to do this? that I am able to do this. He is not asking them as to whether or not do they believe that he can be a mediator or an intercessor with God for them. Do they believe that he is able to do that? Meaning, do they believe that he is God, that he has the power beyond human nature? And they say, yes, Lord. They've already acknowledged him as the son of David, which is to acknowledge his incarnation, his coming in the flesh. Now they acknowledge his divinity. Yes, Lord. And so he touches their eyes and he speaks to them. According to your faith, which he has found in them and in their hearts, be it done to you. And their eyes were opened and he charged them to tell no one, but they spread the news all abroad. When we encounter Christ, he is able to heal us, but we also must conform ourselves to his will we can see that they failed to do that. So even though they've received this physical healing from him, they still are not yet completely perfect because they still act according to their own will, even though they think they are maybe doing a good thing, proclaiming that Jesus has healed someone who was blind. But the Lord did not want it, therefore it should not have been proclaimed. And so the Lord is also teaching us the governance of our speech, that he who is the word of God is the one who should govern what we say, what we speak. We've been given a great faculty in the fact that we can speak and that we can use words. It is a gift that is given us, a gift that should be used for the praise of God, for thanksgiving, for truth, and not to be misused by, as it says in the first reading for today, by murmuring, complaining, by false testimony, by all of the ways in which our tongue can cause us to sin. St. James, in his letter, chapter 3, he speaks very sternly 
about the misuse of human language and about the fact that we can misuse our tongue. He says that anyone who does not control his tongue will never be perfect. Like the ship that, has a, that is led by a very small rudder, he says, so also our life is governed by the use of our tongue. And so what we are called to in Christ is to have our entire life governed by him, even down to what we consider small, the details of our speech, because they are not small, and that we conform our life to his will, doing what he desires, and then we can proclaim him as he desires to be proclaimed. Amen.